0: Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. (laughs) It is Comics Corner yet again. Recording one day behind, but we're still getting it to you. And we've even come up with a possibly slightly more organized format even. Or at least a format where we can have more content. (laughs) This is true. Uh, So for those who didn't listen last week, we did finish up our... Uh, Jerry Weiss, 100 Greatest Comic Books. So we're kind of flipping the script on things. Uh, we're going to go through, do a little news. We're going to go through this lovely year-by-year Marvel book. We're going to pick a random year uh, once a day, or once an episode, and just kind of see what happened in it. And vibe. And vibe on it. <laughs> and just see, there's a lot of shit that happened in Marvel, and it's interesting to hear the weird little, uh, the weird little secrets that I feel like is what they are pulling from now in current Marvel MCU. Yeah. So you get these weird, you know, used to be BC level characters that are now like Agatha Harkness is the main villain of you know, spoiler. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> of WandaVision. Um, and then after that, we're gonna go into three comic book either issues, series runs, TV shows. That you need to know about. Right. Kind of like what we did last week with our honorable mentions. Exactly. Um, But let's get into it. I already touched on it a little. Again, if you don't know or haven't watched WandaVision, heavy spoilers. We're talking about it all. What did you think of the finale, dude? Finale, I was super down with. Uh, It got a little criticism, honestly. I I could see that,
1: but there was a couple things I liked about it. I don't think it was the greatest finale ever, but the one thing right off the rip that I loved was a lot of action, a lot of good fight scenes getting us back to our Marvel studio roots just with entertaining fights.
0: It looked good, too. Like, a lot of the – it wasn't a cheap out. It looked like it could have been exactly in the movie. I mean, I'm sure if you – obviously, my fucking – Pleblian eyes don't see, like, the super fine small details that someone's like, well, that night sky looked a little washed out, and yeah. you're like, oh, did it? I wasn't even... I'm looking at the fucking yeah. giant robot her, you her created. Her runes
1: could have glowed a, a,
0: a brighter hue. Yeah, they, oh, the shading on those. But, no, I thought it looked fucking amazing. Yeah,
1: that's a great point. Like, even though it was a Marvel TV show, it looked like, yeah, movie
0: quality. Big screen. I will say... um There were not a lot of things answered. I didn't get a lot of my question. I think the weird thing about that show is the fans create all the hype and no one at Marvel or Disney says anything. No one one at Disney or Marvel ever said Nightmare or Mephisto. We all were just in comment sections being like, it's definitely fucking Mephisto. Mephisto was one of the most searched recent characters on
1: the Marvel database, along with like vision and Agatha Harkness yeah. and all these characters. And like, he, oh, he, I he never it. even showed up
0: <laughs> and it, he might not ever show up. Right. You know, kind it, of a, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Cause it's kind of a complicated character. It's a complicated character. And now that everyone guessed it, it's almost like, cause I'm, I was Wasn't was re- it
1: you you were like the the, the bunny was going to be? Mephisto. I thought the, I still think the bunny's something. The bunny's, yeah, Sparky's sketch, dude. Or Scratchy. Scratchy. Oh, Scrappy was the dog. Oh, Sparky was the dog. Yeah, Sparky and was I the dog. And I killed Sparky. And I
0: killed Sparky. <laughs> she played such a great character. Oh, Shout yeah. out Catherine Hahn. Dude, seriously, in that she role. crushed it.
1: Um, great that was another thing i liked about the finale she's just a great villain and you can see her character getting more like witchy throughout they they start yeah. on a little more makeup a little bit more as um, her power
0: as her power starts to amplify i feel like she starts to definitely get a more traditional uh you know salem witch witch vibe yes. and i just lo- i thought her acting was great during it i liked that she was a villain but she was kind of she wasn't a real villain until almost the end, exactly. or we didn't know about it necessarily until the end. You just knew there was something off. Oh, and
1: you—you you could tell she had a ball doing it too. She oh, yeah, had so much fun being, you know, because every, everyone wants to play the
0: bad guy secretly, and they really do. I just think she's an amazing actor. I like when they get when it's—you don't need a huge name actor to do some of these roles to get someone that's a little bit more aware of themselves and how to kind of. Play between being funny and not just relying on their star power. They kind of have to be like, yeah, I'm usually a role player, so I get it that I don't need to be the star. Oh, yeah. You know, they're not fighting with your hero offset as well to be like, I'm the lead.
1: To me, there's nothing better than a comedy actor that can get a little serious. I mean, that just shows range. It shows that you're you're talented. I think that, that takes a lot of talent to have that kind of range. Do...
0: You think we see Agatha again? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. She'll be back.
1: Um, so I liked that about the finale. And then the final thing I really enjoyed about it was, we had kind of already talked about, they faked out the fans a little bit, especially yeah. with the Quicksilver character. He just ended up being some being, guy. Just being some guy. Some guy? A, a, a town person of
0: Westview? I, West Point, Westview. Westview. It, it's such a weird... That whole thing was crazy to me. Like,
1: oh, so yeah, we just got psyched out. Um the one I wasn't crazy about the mid-credit scene. I and you I think you had mentioned the scrolls were going to show back yeah. up. But it was that was that to me was a little bit um on the nose. On the nose but just kind of um, a letdown because I was expecting something a little bit more exciting. But
0: I did like the end credit scene though was cool. The I mean the end credit scene is cool. We've I mean Anything I've listened to has kind of brought up that you saw a really similar thing in Doctor Strange where Doctor Strange is sleeping and he's astro projecting himself to be reading the books while he's sleeping. So we had kind of seen something similar. I like her look of it a lot more. I forgot about that. And I think she's just going to become... I don't think she's necessarily going to be a hero. I think she's just going to be a force that's out there. I
1: think they're also... They're leaving it almost like um, Dark Phoenix vibes, That's man.
0: That's what a lot of people have been saying with her, is that they're going down a real Dark Phoenix road. Like, she wants to do good, but that entity will take over at times. Yeah, and that it's just... If she can't control the power, she could just destroy everything. I think a big crux of Multiverse of Madness might be someone trying to... Uh, use her or corrupt her into like bringing all this magic. Right. Oh, they're making it so, yeah, you have to have watched
1: WandaVision to get these next run of movies. Because yeah. I mean, it's going to come. I into think play. what
0: Kevin Feige basically was describing from an article I was reading was that if you can watch all those movies and not have seen the shows and still be able to understand it and get things, and you're not going to be completely lost or anything, they'll still play to that audience. But if you have watched the shows, that movie almost becomes, like, two times better. It really does. Just because you're going to be like, oh, my God, that's the fucking Darkhold book. Because you know they're going to do an exposition dump of if they bring Wanda into Doctor Strange 2, there's going to be a part of the movie where they're like, oh, yeah, this is the, she's become the Scarlet Witch, one of the most powerful blah, 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 blahs. And, like, so if you haven't seen the show, you're like, Oh, okay, got it. They'll go over it again, yeah. Yeah, They, they, They actually do a very good job of that, yeah. They do a good job of that, especially making it really brief and not giving us... They don't give you the mom version of the story where it's like 80 extra details that you didn't need at all. Yeah, You're like, no, I just needed to know she's really powerful, got it. And they could get away with,
1: on the TV show, showing flashbacks to the movies. I don't... They shouldn't be showing flashbacks from
0: other movies in new Marvel movies, you know? Yeah, I don't think they're going to be doing any flashback from shows and stuff. Or like you said, just that brief rundown. Yeah, it'll be a little <laughs> brief on. rundown of someone being like, who is this? Someone has to ask one question, and a lot of this stuff can be explained with a complex sentence. Yeah, I wasn't here, guys. what I miss? Yeah. Wong's like, he's <laughs> like, what, what happened? And they're like, Wanda became the Scarlet Witch. And he's like, oh, that's really powerful and bad. And they're like, okay, got it. <laughs> And everyone in the audience is like, I, got
1: it. And I think that's what's kind of interesting, too, is, um, like, no, she hasn't been called Scarlet Witch up until that this series.
0: Yeah. So. Which is, I mean, I think I know the real, I think the real reason was because Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver were in a really weird zone legally. With the X-Men? With the X-Men, because... I almost it almost felt like Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch were owned by Fox, and Pietro and Wanda Maximoff were owned by Disney. Oh yeah, still. they never
1: call him Quicksilver. They
0: never call him Quicksilver. All that stuff. Um, I never even realized that. You're yeah, dropping knowledge out here. It, that's why I think it's so much nicer that all this shit is just under one roof now. It's not like Fox was crushing it. So who really gives a shit that we lost? Like, oh God, is the we're gonna lose that whole X Men timeline? The only good thing about that was Hugh Jackman and Deadpool, which arguably was just Ryan Reynolds forcing Fox to make movies.
1: (laughs) But people love those movies. They make a lot of money. And they make it. And Disney. And same thing. Ryan Reynolds has a blast making them. In other
0: news, Disney has confirmed keeping the Deadpool formula the same as it's always been. It's going to remain R. And I think they're just going to release it under... Fucking Touchstone or some other production company they have. Oh, they'll figure it out, yeah. And it's still going to be, I think, them trying to reach into like more adult movies could also be a huge hit for them doing like small standalone stuff.
1: Well, they're doing like a new blade, right? They're doing I a mean, new And it's
0: pl- got to be rated R. The- that's what I'm saying. I have no... I did
1: actually watch... I remember I told you a while back, never seen it. You seen Blade 1? So now I've seen it. But it was one of those movies, you know, it was always on back in the day, so I've seen plenty of bits and
0: pieces you, of it, but... Uh, nothing was... Um, there was almost nothing new other than the order of when you were seeing the scenes. Oh, yeah.
1: I'll tell you what, though, man. Those fight scenes... Rip. ...are insane for, what was that, 96? Yeah. Like, this is before The Matrix. This is before all that shit. They were trailblazing. It the, I was like, oh my god! Like they're they're on par with some of the Marvel movies and, now,
0: and it's just a cool fucking movie. Oh yeah, that intro blood rave—that is the that is, is insane, so cool. And then they just go into this amazing fight, that's like the opening credits basically, and you're just like, and you
1: really felt like you were reading a comic book.
0: It it did have, I think the reason they were able to get away with that was because it was vampires. In the '90s, you were catching a lot of big vampire stuff coming out. Because you had like interview with a vampire, you had Dracula with Keanu Reeves coming out. You just it was vampire crazy. Yeah, and if it was a superhero, I don't think that would have worked. Like if they were like, oh, he has a superpower. Well, Blade
1: was a secondary character in Tales of Dracula. Yeah, from the seventies, and yeah. that book had like it was up for like seventy it had like seventy issues.
0: Oh, and <laughs> just about <I> mean, Dracula. <laughs> and the thing is, that Wesley Snipes Blade is. Not very similar to comic book Blade.
1: No, not at all. <clears throat> I think they ended up, when they when Blade got popular, they kind of made it more leather-clad and uh, went with that vibe more.
0: Yeah, I think... what Which is fine. I think it was a pet project of Wesley Snipes when he first got on. I think he really wanted to do it. And I, he just, by the third one, as I've stated yeah. many times, the second one's really good, too. Because the second one's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Right. And who I just...
1: King of the sequel, the superheroes. He did the uh, Hellboy sequel,
0: too. He did the first two Hellboys.
1: Oh, he did the first one?
0: He did the first. I thought he just did the second one. He did the first one, and then the second one, Golden Army. Yeah. And then he was going to come on. There was always that rumored third one. And Ron Perlman said happened. he'll only come back if Guillermo comes back. He didn't come back. You a
1: Hellboy fan?
0: I, I love the first two Hellboy movies. I think they're super good. I like the lore of Hellboy. I've yeah. not really read a bunch of it.
1: They have cool, it's got a cool dark vibe.
0: It Cool dark vibe. Some of the art style is something I can appreciate, but it's not my favorite way for things to be drawn. And I get it that like sometimes it's more minimalist. Well, or, those old um, Hellboy comics have really good, like the art is very is, interesting, That like sort of gothic kind of. See, that part I do like. There's just like certain runs that I've seen that I'm like, um, I don't know how much I like absolutely love this but yeah then they did that third one with David Harbour
1: wait they oh they did or, yeah not really... wait, yeah the dude from Stranger Things yeah I heard it was bad I didn't even bother with that one
0: I watched it and um they definitely just it was a an amalgamation of fucking four different storylines I was
1: gonna say what's the story with
0: that movie like how did that get made hey let's give fucking Hopper from Stranger Things a shot at Hellboy I, I think they were so geared up to do the third one with Guillermo. And then I think they just ran into issues amongst themselves or amongst the studio and it never ended up working. And they were like, well, guess what? We're still making one. And honestly, it wasn't horrible. There were parts that I thought were really cool. Like one dude in it is a wear Jaguar type fucking thing. Like there's shit in it. that you're like, these are really cool elements, but there's just so much that you're like, uh, it seems like I'm missing half the movie So you saw it? Yeah, I saw it What would you give it out of 10? Out of 10 I would say I'd give it a 6 Just out of like I love that It being Hellboy I can watch any comic yeah. book thing Dude, And appreciate <laughs> I, Hey, a, you're talking to I am not a harsh critic at all
1: Yeah I think the the lowest I'll, I've rated any
0: movie Is like a 5 <laughs> Like, I'm, oh, It can't be that bad I've only walked out Even of Even bad t- movies are great I've only walked out of 2 movies In my entire life I want to hear them I've walked out of... And why was it The Hulk? <laughs> stayed for The Hulk. Ang Lee. I had a buddy walk out of that one. He's like, oh my God, it was terrible. I w- I walked out of two controversial movies, possibly. Uh, Super 8. Okay. I, dude, watching it, and I was like... Dumb film, as fuck. Film with the kids. With the kids, and they're like filming on the camera, and it's like an alien. It's like
1: Cloverfield meets The Goonies. <laughs>
0: yeah. It, I just hate, I'm not a big fan of, I get with horror to not show the monster, and, you know, the- That movie's you, been sitting on my list on Hulu for like a year, two it, years. It's just not that good. It's like one of those movies where they don't show the alien ever, and the whole you thing- You don't know, you left. <laughs> oh, I, I I read it after. I was like, <laughs> let's see what happened. You see the alien for a little bit, but it's just like, it's fucking dumb. And the other one I walked out of was Nacho Libre. <laughs> yeah, fuck that movie. I was just like... It's I think so, I've
1: seen all of like 30 seconds of that movie. It's
0: so weird because people love that movie and think it's so funny. And I I remember sitting in the theater with my buddy and we were like, looked at each other and we we're just like, this fucking sucks.
1: <laughs> so how does Jack Black get a pass on just like appropriating like Hispanic? Yeah,
0: I don't... We're canceling people like, now, dude. Like, if
1: somewhere, someone were to do that character, like a white person, like Jack Black, and it was like an Asian character, oh, and just oh. like doing an accent and shit, like, you can't do that. It's like that. Mickey
0: Rourke in Breakfast with Tiffany's. Like, he's just like, <laughs> you're like, you can't do this, dude. That is a really. Wait, I, wait, wh- wait, what? Uh, in the movie Breakfast with Tiffany? Breakfast at Tiffany? Or at like Tiffany?
1: Like from the 60s. Yeah. Mickey Rourke is in it? Yeah, and he plays an Asian guy. Oh, th- no, that's not Mickey Rourke. Who is that? It's. um... It's not Mickey Rourke. I'll look it up right now.
0: Oh, not so. Mickey. Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mickey, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Now i just thinking Mickey he was Mickey like Rourke. a
1: teenager That He might have been like 10 years old. Just thinking about Mickey Rourke like a samurai. <laughs>
0: um. Yeah, he was white.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Mickey
0: Rourke. But <laughs> I like, will say. He's short. <laughs> it was so disappointing because I love Jack Black. I right. love Saving Silverman, Orange County, class, School of Rock. School,
1: school of Rock. Holds up, man. I saw that movie in the seventh grade with my very close friend Chris. Shout out Chris Kennedy, also a big comic book guy. We were in like the seventh grade, just started playing our instruments, and we saw that movie. We were so jazzed up. We went back oh. to his place, we were jamming, we didn't know what we were doing, but Dude, it was
0: awesome. Check this bad boy out. So, I've been, I was already a uh, just fatter kid that was kind of loud. So, Jack Black, Jack Black was, was the hero. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I could be somebody. And School of Rock was coming out westgate amc of course rip
1: that's probably where i saw it
0: (laughs) was doing a early screening for like two days for like one weekend and i was like dude called the buddy up and i was like dude we gotta go see this and i think i that was probably the first time i saw a movie more than one time in theater yeah and i don't know it's such a weird kids how many school of rock youth Like guitar lesson studios opened up after that
1: movie. Oh, yeah, the one in Rocky River. Yeah, because it it opened up after the movie. It's literally just called School of Rock. I think it's called The School Rock or something so they don't get sued.
0: (laughs) Yeah, not Jack Black's
1: School of Rock. And like, I was taking guitar lessons at Educators Music in Lakewood.
0: Oh, was that the one? Is that the one right near on like Detroit or whatever? Yeah, and it's, well, so where they do the lessons, it's actually a house behind the. um, Dude, first off, I need to say something. (laughs) Fuck. The guy who taught bass there. Oh, really? Is that where you went? Yeah. So I, well, I want to play bass because we we're going to start a band. And Matt- Chilo, you got a <laughs> bass. And uh, the two other guys, one was already lead guitar. The other one was rhythm guitar. So
1: what, what's Patty stuck with? Bass. That's Slap right. Slap it
0: to bass, man. <laughs> so I convinced my parents to get me the generic like Fender starter one. Squire. Yeah. And- they're like, you gotta take lessons though. That's the only rule, is you gotta take lessons. And I'm like, all right. I go in there. Mine was in like the this front building that uh, the had one the that music was actually store, and it was underneath. It was in the basement. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No, I didn't f I was in the
0: house behind that building. That's where everyone talked about. It. Everyone's like, the house back there is cool. Yeah, it's cool.
1: It's co it was more cozy than a fucking basement.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, and they're just like rooms that look like they used to be like bathroom stalls that you're sitting in with like a 60 year old man. And he's like, so Going over the base and explaining shit to me. And I just couldn't care less. <laughs> and he's like, so what do, uh, you know, what we can do is we'll work on one thing from the book. Because I got to learn all these stupid fucking you know, notes and whatever in this book. You got to
1: learn how to read another language. Yeah.
0: Basically. Which I don't even like reading the one language I do know. <laughs> so I'm not really interested in picking up a second one that I don't want to read either. And... He's like, but we'll do one thing from this book and then. Something you like. Something you yeah. like. And he goes, what's something, what's a song or something you can think <laughs> of that has a bass guitar in it? And I go, uh, I go, hey, you know what I think would be cool to learn? Would that shouldn't be that hard? I go, could you teach me the Seinfeld? The like. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. So. Uh he goes, huh. Yeah, I don't know that one, but I'll I'll give it a look, see, and see if I can, you know, break it down. <laughs> and in my mind, I was like, "Like a six-year-old man, have you not seen fucking Seinfeld? He didn't know what you were talking about. No idea. So we come back the next week and he goes, Oh, listen to that Seinfeld <laughs> intro that you were telling me about. I got some bad news. I don't I don't think that's a base. We're not gonna be able to learn it's that. Not. <laughs> and I was like, What? How can you not even just fake this on a bass to teach me? What is it? It's a synthesizer with a like slap bass uh effect. So, one you, you can just...
1: go watch the guy do it like on YouTube. He, do, he would he, he would do an improv different one for each episode. He would watch it like Jerry's like si- stand up routine at the beginning of each episode. He would watch it and he would do it on the fly. Each one's a little bit different.
0: Oh. he would put in
1: little like pings like in different spots and stuff like that.
0: Dude, the more you know, man. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, you
1: didn't like this guy, did you? Qu- you quit that day.
0: Yeah, I pretty- <laughs> I didn't. I honest to God never even cracked the book open to pretend to even learn. And I was just going in, and he's like, you've been practicing this week? And I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, Me and him, did, we butted heads a little bit. Uh, you you could say that. Um, dude, you want to get into our Marvel year-by-year Marvel year here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So for our first year, we basically just did a random number generator, grabbed some numbers, and one of them was 91, a.k.a. the – beautiful rising sun year that i was born that's right i was so, also born that year really yes dude that's i feel like you were were you a grade older than me though
1: uh nope
0: you were mats in yeah 09. Oh, that's i don't know why for some reason i thought you were always a year older than me <laughs> no 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 well no. dude, sh- you're sh- older than
1: me bro i ain't
0: i ain't no 30 year old fool yet dude i'm a ex or dis- er, extinguished gentleman Distinguished. Extinguished. <laughs> I'm an extinguisher. We're gonna put you out, bro. <laughs> yeah, they put me out, dude. I'm I can't a can I'm a put out fucking uh gentlemen. But ninety one jump into a little ninety-one. Um so the way this book kind of breaks down is it's about four pages here of information breaking down the year month by month. Obviously we're not necessarily gonna go over all of it. But I'm going to go over some things I think are kind of cool that we've Definitely seen. Definitely worth here.
1: mentioning, yeah.
0: Uh, in January, this makeshift Fantastic Four team, apparently in Fantastic Four number 348, we get a new Fantastic Four squad. And it could be the most overpowered, at least in brute strength, uh, Fantastic Four team ever. Right. Hulk, Wolverine. Spider-Man, and Ghost Rider. Yeah, that's a pretty fantastic four, if you ask me. It Also, I bet that group, this whole comic just has to be Spider-Man doing quips the entire time. Because you have three just super deadpan characters.
1: Oh, yeah. I'd say Ghost Rider kind of uh, sticks out like a sore thumb in that group.
0: Well, yeah. He usually sticks out because his head's completely on fire.
1: (laughs) But, like, as far as... uh are you a big ability i'd say uh,
0: are you a big ghost rider fan no (laughs) i was gonna say i liked early nine this period this time period of ghost rider character was like the johnny blaze where i don't know who drew him but it was the time when everyone was like oh dude if you want your guy to look cool i figured it out add more pockets
1: more pockets onto his clothes leather
0: jacket and people are gonna think there's something in those pockets and he's gonna look dope it worked um, but I think that was just an isolated single issue. Obviously, that didn't run for a... Uh, oh,
1: it was like a what-if kind of th- deal?
0: The In the issue from the small blurb I read, uh, the Fantastic Four were being held hostage inside their own headquarters. So a Shi'ar Empress had to assemble a new Fantastic Four. And apparently she just went to a bar because it seems like all characters that if you walked into a bar would be like, yeah, these are the drinkers. Oh, yeah. These dude. are heavy drinkers of the MCU.
1: I'd say they have the most problems. and <laughs>
0: Yeah. They all, everyone in this is just, like, really fucked up. Uh, speaking of, though, to dive a little bit further into all those super fucked up people, in March, you get the first official Weapon X storyline series. Oh, really? So that builds into the at least backstory of the time of Wolverine, which has always been one of the big shrouded in mystery things about Wolverine.
1: So that Weapon X series didn't come out till the 90s, huh?
0: Yeah, that was... This one is showing uh, in March of 91. And I can believe it, though, because they... the first issue? Yeah, they left them pretty ambiguous for a lot of... You know, the eighties and stuff. And that's really that Giant Size X Men mid seventies. So wasn't that mid seventies or was that early eighties? Yes. Mid seventies on Giant Size came out, and that's what brought them to the forefront again. And a lot of those comics were still very surface level about people. People could still have like no backstory and you just you're still okay. Yeah,
1: um, well, people wrote good stories for him, too. Like, I read the one, it's Chris Claremont, who did a lot of those 70s X-Men, and um, Frank Miller. Yeah. And that's the, like, samurai storyline that they used in that one movie. Okay. But it's great, and it's just, he's a fun character you can do a lot of different stories with. But, yeah, we deserved an origin. Everyone, you know, everyone deserves their origin story, so it was about time. Yeah, I mean,
0: obviously... Those always had really cool
1: covers. I've never read any of the, that series, but... The, the covers, covers and the it art
0: sucked, dude. are insane, and this is good classic night nine- Early '90s Wolverine, where it's just berserker mode shit.
1: Berserker mode, a lot of like it's very just fine details in the drawings too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like that was
1: becoming really popular.
0: Your Todd McFarlane kind of vibe, a hundred percent. Because I was gonna say, I know '90 was when that Todd McFarlane comes out, and I know we get um Jim Lee coming up. Yeah, at, later on in this year. Quick little side note: In February, you do get Rob Liefeld introducing the one, the only Deadpool. Dude,
1: 91 is kind of a heater.
0: I really (laughs) didn't even anticipate this. But, yeah, I mean, especially for right now, because I don't know if we're going to get – I want to know when they introduce Wolverine into MCU, are they going to do the whole – the most logical thing would be to tie into the Weapons Plus program. Because the Weapons Plus program is Canada's bootleg version of our super soldier Oh, the Captain America, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. The like Canada was like, "We could do it too," <laughs> and they're like, "No, you can't." Did they have Wolverine? Okay, they that's... did. Get, they made Wolverine, and that was pretty impressive.
1: And now, relax, Canada.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it looks like in March, Elektra comes back to life, dude. Frank Miller comes back on board, and
1: oh, he writes. He is writing he, I think he does. How do they bring her back to life? Voodoo?
0: That I'm not sure. I mean, I would because isn't
1: that what happens in that Elektra
0: movie? Yeah, as they do like some weird voodoo type. Or shit. Or was that a
1: prequel? I don't know. I never
0: saw it. <laughs> I. She probably just gets reanimated on some like ninja clan. Yeah. Type shit, and that's just her whole. I forgot there was an Electra. Movie Jennifer Garner yeah, movie. Sh- that is pretty crazy. Um. In July, though, again, big heater year, you get Infinity Gauntlet number one dropping. Which Such a good book, man. I I'll be honest, I think this book helped shape some of the Marvel MCU. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> a lot of it. It's I mean, they almost ripped a lot of this right from the pages.
1: Yeah, so one of the big ones, I believe it's in this first book, um, the Silver Surfer is the one that comes crashing through Instead of the Hulk. Yeah, instead of the Hulk at Doctor Strange's place on Bleecker Street, and he's the one that is the one that says Thanos is coming.
0: Um the thing I'm happy about that they did with Marvel's version of it. Is with Infinity Gauntlet, there's just so many fucking characters in it. Yeah. And there's so much going on that reading it in a comic book is a lot more palatable because it doesn't feel as overwhelming. But if they tried to do this in a movie. Oh, it, the story? The story. Oh, yeah. No, it no, no. It would be 20 movies almost within itself. Yeah. So for those
1: that, those that don't know, the whole story is Thanos. is gets- trying
0: to win over Mistress Death.
1: The death, yeah. So death is—he's obsessed with the, the. He wants to the fuck skeleton. Yeah, then. it's the skeleton brought in a in a robe in a purple robe. <laughs> so, uh but he gets the stones at the beginning of the comic. He just obtained all the stones, and mm-hmm. so he wants to be powerful, basically to impress her. You know, I'm gonna wipe out half the population, and then he
0: just has Mephisto there, kind of wingmaning with him.
1: So wingmaning, he's got Nebula, and she's like dying,
0: mm. like
1: she's like basically like decomposing. It's actually some pretty cool drawings of her. Uh, I think she's the one that ends up, and it's kind of similar to the movies. She kind of like tricks him and betrays him.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are they pull a lot of inspiration from this book specifically.
1: Yeah, and then like, but like, I think Adam Warlock shows up too. I was saying that's the
0: thing is there's so many, was,
1: and that's why these movies are great. They picked and choose what they were going to take from Infinity Gauntlet to make this current MCU that we know
0: exactly. Where, and I think that's where fans are very forgiving. Like people of. Who love this? This is their favorite comic of all time. Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet
1: one. They have Infinity Gauntlet one up at Record Exchange for thirty bucks. I was thinking about buying it.
0: I mean, it'd be a cool thing. It might even go,
1: It could probably. I could see it going up.
0: And even just to like have it, just to like almost fucking frame that. It's a though. very cool cover. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful cover because you almost. It reminds me of, um, who's the dude who does like the Star Wars.
1: Oh, Drew Struzan? Yeah, it's almost like
0: a Drew Struzan style where it just kind of has the one major focal point, but then a lot of action or, like, characters and stuff on the surrounding Yeah, yeah. that it would be... You could almost see it getting painted that way.
1: Yeah, that's a great point.
0: Um, But, yeah, I think this is... If you haven't read it, I think this is a good book to just pick up and kind of... It's a great introduction into the Marvel MCU. Yeah. Which, speaking of introductions, in October... Coming through with the heat, and we get the number one selling comic of all time, which we talked about. you say
1: 8 million copies, something
0: like that? 8 million plus. Yeah, yeah. Um, but talked about last week is X-Men number one by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Nice. And it's, I mean... Oh,
1: Claremont worked on that, too. Yeah. Dude, he literally wrote for X-Men for like 25 it, years. He was X-Men. Insane.
0: It's, and I think this is the era, if you grew up liking the 90s cartoon this comic is the template that they used for that
1: show. Oh yeah, 100%. And so what's great about Chris Claremont too is th- this guy could have done anything. He could have written for movies, TV shows, but he chose comics and he created the X-Men that we know and love today. And I was actually just watching a thing on Disney Plus yesterday okay. uh, called uh, Behind the Mask. How it was okay. It's like an hour long
0: and they just talk about Marvel Here, characters. Here's and- some of my here's my issue with some of those cuz I've been watching a couple of those on Disney Plus. And some are really good, but there's other ones that, in if you like, don't connect with it, you're very much out within like five minutes, and you're like, you would I'm like it because they to talk the a lot one. about
1: X Men on this one, so I think you would like it. Um, and they talked to Chris Claremont, and he's like, he he wrote, he was the only person that could actually write for female characters, like, and oh, not that make it come off like Sue Storm, you know, like. Yeah, where it's all just like they actually had uh, uh, depth to them, you know, and they were incorrect. they were contributing members, and they had but they had their own problems, just like the male characters. I
0: feel like he was almost writing books that passed. Um, what's that? Is it like the Nielsen test or <laughs> yeah, 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 the test where it's like having two female characters speaking to each other for about something that's not relating to a man. Like, I feel like these comics were the first time you were getting like. Like, This
1: isn't Millie the model. This is. Yeah. These are actually more complex. Psylocke,
0: Rogue, and Storm have to go deal with something. And they're like, yeah, this has nothing to do with like a love triangle. This is just like, we're here to like do this. And we're all ultra powerful. Exactly. And yeah, I can see Claremont really being someone. Because this is where those characters come out and shine. And you get Jubilee and like all these people getting extra love because they were background characters. And Claremont's like. I've written for all these. I will write a million characters. I bet that's why I stayed on board. Why are you gonna write movies? When- I think they like let him go. Like it was
1: kind of messed up. Really? Because like, they- I watched a thing about him specifically uh, that was on Amazon, and it was like kind of weird. Yeah, because they like I don't know. I don't think they fired him. I can't remember. It.
0: I feel like comics is a much more cutthroat. Or. Er- in the past, yeah. was a much more cutthroat industry than. I mean,
1: look at Jim Lee; he ended up leaving. The, and, yeah. You know, like I mean, him not
0: long after this book. Him and um, Todd McFarlane, and didn't Rob? Liefeld and Rob Liefeld. Leave. All they oh. all left and went to make Image. Yeah, and it's like, and there was one other guy involved. can Oh, there. I think there were six of them. Oh, okay. Um, there. Shout out if you don't know about Image. There's a really good documentary on YouTube that I think's like a four parter. Oh wow, that maybe came out on like Sci-fi or something, but definitely a good thing to look at. But yeah, that is our uh, that's our run for 91. It's pretty impressive. That was the whole year. We that was a couple pages on that. Um, yeah, that was it. I mean, ends in November. The last book they had on there was our oh, it looks like early first appearance of Bishop. Which I always thought Bishop was dope. Oh, very cool character, yeah. Dude, black guy with a mullet, fucking rocking the red (laughs) bandana. jacked.
1: like he looked like a WWE wrestler. Oh, he's
0: got the sick M across his eye. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Cable and Bishop were two of the most badass characters from X Men growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, speaking '90s in general and comics, those two characters were big. Just getting people interested again in the X-Men and X-Force was big. They were
0: from the pockets phase where everyone's just like, dude, put a bunch of pockets. It always comes back to the pockets. people. We need more muscles and we need more pockets. (laughs) There's a really funny image I've seen of someone drawing what Captain America's like chest would look like if they took the like the outfit off of them during like one of the nineties things. And it just, his body is just like so ridiculous looking. He just has like this barrel chest that like no one would, it doesn't even look strong. It just looks like he's like sick.
1: Yeah. The way people drew things back then. But I, uh, I've said this before. That's what I love about, you know, cartoons, comics, animation is that, that exaggerated aspect, you know, and the fact that you can make it look like anything you want. And I think
0: 90 was, 90s just was the most extreme version of all of that where it was like, yeah, dude, we're going the biggest we can. Like, these dudes are just going to have tree trunk
1: arms. Well, yeah, it just becomes a standard. You know, it's like for a while, everyone wanted to draw like Jack Kirby. And then that kind of evolved. And then and it's it picks like, oh, I want to draw more
0: like Todd McFarlane or, or Rob Liefeld. You that know? is a true a good point. Dude, uh, let's jump into three, two. I got I to figure out a good name for this segment. Three, two, one. <laughs> three, two, one. Um, but this is where we're just going to talk about some things that you should know about.
1: Yeah, what was the book you were going to mention?
0: The one book I wanted to mention was, or two books actually that I was thinking about, Exiles. If you haven't read Exiles, great little Marvel run. These don't count as my three. (laughs) But um, that and Young Justice, which is almost an offshoot of Teen Titans, but it came out early 2000s. Has like Tim Drake leading the team as the Robin. Has 90s. Superboy in it, uh, a Wonder Girl, Kid Lobo, just a bunch of cool characters that if you're starting to pick up comics, it's a fun, light read. Okay. What uh, what do you got on your top? What's one of your first top three? though?
1: Well, so I was uh, mentioning it before we started recording, that series that came out in the 90s called The Secret Defenders. It was Doctor Strange and The Secret yeah. Defenders. So uh, basically, Doctor Strange, every couple issues calls upon new heroes. A new group. So it's like you're constantly getting different characters in the story.
0: um, So I'm assuming... It's it's almost like he's
1: looking at his magic orb and it tells him who to summon, who will be right right for this. The right, like, specialty. Yeah, for whoever,
0: whatever uh, villain or or foe they have to face. Your pipes are broken. You need a plumber, not an electrician. (laughs) I get it. Did you... uh, You ended up reading that...
1: I read... I had a... I got a a book that was, like, the first volume of it, so it was the first, like, I think, 10 or 12 issues. Which is... So, like, the first couple was... um, it was Spider-Woman from the West Coast Avengers. It was Nomad. Love. Uh, Wolverine. And, oh, another character. I can't remember who it was. He he was kind of cool. Kind of random
0: character, though. Um, That's I love those, though. Like we were talking about earlier, those weird small niche characters are the ones that we're going to end up seeing in a lot of these shows and Marvel movies because they don't have to live up to – some grand hype that someone believes, you know, someone thinks Wolverine's supposed to be this way. And if he's not one way, they're going to hate you. Right. But it's like if you pull a character that someone's like, I don't have strong feelings on Batrock the Leaper.
1: I got it right here. Um well, anyways, so uh, getting back to the the actually the original defenders was Doctor Strange, uh the Hulk, and Namor. And I think the Silver Surfer every once in a while. I was just, so yeah, they've no, used was this four. Defenders moniker a few different times with this. Uh, the, sec- the Secret Defenders. Do- Doctor Strange a- is usually always kind of in the mix, though, right? Uh, yeah, he, like I said, he's the one that kind of summons <laughs> these... Um, uh, these, all these different heroes. I was going to say. Yeah, so he brings in a bunch of different characters each week. Uh, Are they
0: pretty standalone stories then? or Yeah, does it it'll, have it'll, a it'll run for like two issues. Okay. It'll be like the
1: same story for like two <laughs> issues, and then it gets mixed up. Punisher comes into the one round. Um, and then cool. the one that I really liked where they have to fight this, um, I can't remember who the villain is, but he has the Wand of Watoom. Um, Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I'm trying to th- it's definitely got to it, be it's a, magical, a Doctor Strange like yeah. relic.
1: They actually mentioned it very briefly in the movie. Which, but yeah. uh, so the guy who's got the Wanda Watoon, the bad guy, I can't remember who it is, but he summons a bunch of dead people, and he's got fucking Scarlet Witch, Spider Man, and Captain America all helping him out, and Doctor Strange. So it's kind of like almost the modern Avengers like type. And stuff it's a dope little team MCU. up.
0: I love. I always love team up episodes like that of cartoons and stuff. So then when I got into comics, I was like, oh, this is sick. When just like someone random comes in, or they're like. Oh, we're going to Metropolis. Um, so I know I mentioned a couple of comics earlier, but I was actually thinking about a couple less popular comic TV shows that I think people are actually probably going to get pretty into. My favorite one by far is If You Have Not Seen Happy, which is actually written by... I want to say it was Frank Miller, is who wrote Happy originally. Um, I believe it was a Dark Horse book. I'm going to let you know right now. Oh, no, it was an image comic by Grant Morrison. Oh, right on. Yeah, so the basic kind of storyline of it is washed up cop that is now just a huge drunken asshole, played by Christopher Maloney of Law & Order SVU fame fucking comes in and crushes that role uh his daughter gets kidnapped it's around Christmas time and her imaginary friend played by Patton Oswald somehow is able to find this guy who's just in a drunken haze and communicate with and him. communicate with him because I think he's just so fucked up but it is a lot of killing I couldn't believe this was on basic cable <laughs> like I at one point I want to say there were tits out like I'm pretty sure there was like nudity in that. There's definitely at least fake dicks in it. Oh right. So I was, and the, there's definitely a lot of f bombs. So it's like they're saying fuck tits. It's great. I want to say it's on a streaming service somewhere. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? Yeah. There's two seasons. One surrounds uh, Christmas, and the other one surrounds surrounds Easter. So they're like the whole seer- season. Yeah, the whole se- one season is all about Christmas time, and it all just takes place over this like short period. I'll
1: watch it in December then.
0: It, it is a weird well, the
1: Easter one. I watch that. What's coming up? Easter's coming it's up. Yeah, Easter.
0: You can get the second one down. What uh? What do you got for your second? You got so, number two. Second book.
1: Second book. Uh, shit. What have I been reading lately? I've been reading a lot of old Avengers comics. Um, what up? Uh, those are kind of wild. So it starts with. The run or the volume I got starts with Avengers number 57, and that's that iconic cover, uh, Behold the Vision. It's the first appearance of Vision. Gotcha. Um, And so, so is that like an Ultron run then? uh, It's, yeah. So that first issue, number 57, they fight Ultron. I think it's like Ultron 5 or something. Okay. And they defeat him at the end. Um, And then from there, the stories are. Okay, but the the only Avengers they're really focused on is a lot of vision because he's like the new the character, hot new character, and he's very cool in it. Um, and then Hawkeye, um, uh, uh Black Panther, and oh, and then uh, the Ant Man and the Wasp. So those are like the main ones, like. Uh, Captain America will show up every once in a while and Iron Man will show up every once in a while, but like the bulk of what I've been reading, it's those that people that I just up. mentioned.
0: Was Wonder Man in there? Because I know Wonder Man has some. No, to not yet. Yeah. I
1: think he, he comes back at one point. Okay. Because remember, in these comics, uh, for those of you who don't know, Vision, his synthesoid body, his mind is basically Wonder Man's yeah, mind. Yeah. They Man basically like that.
0: steal his Wonder Man's like brain waves or whatever yeah, yeah. and put him in Vision's body. So, yeah. So, at what point was that before this? The yeah, they don't, the yeah, like
1: they don't really go into that detail quite yet. And then you find it out later, I think, when Wonder Man comes back. Gotcha, but, um, focuses a lot on Ant Man and the Wasp in the, in this run, too. Like, uh, um, and this
0: is Hank Pym, yeah, Hank this, Pym. Th- this is beat the Wasp, and s-
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, so I don't, uh, he, he conflicts a lot with the whole like Gigantor thing, or what's his name, Goliath, or whatever. Uh, like, because remember, he got really big did, too. Yeah, he did. So he Goliath. stops doing it because it like fucks with his brainway. Like it's like making him crazy. And that's what. And at I one think point, we've... he gets, he adopts an alter ego, the Yellow Jacket. Yeah. Do you remember? And so then he starts going by the Yellow Jacket for a while. It's very strange and convoluted, but it's an interesting run. I've been having fun reading it. And it there's some good uh, artwork on there. Gene Colan, uh, John Buscema, Sal Bushima. I
0: always wondered if they were gonna ever delve into the unhingedness of Hank Pym in the Ant-Man movies like if he would ever start to kind of go crazy
1: I don't know yeah yeah like I think they kind of do that though with uh Paul Rudd's character he's just kind of like wiry and just kind of scrambled you know like <laughs> yeah. you ever noticed that like they they try to lean on that a little bit they,
0: they do that but I almost feel like they could just be like hey just have Michael Douglas be a dickhead He
1: kind of is <laughs> I mean
0: he's not the best guy but uh yeah he just like in the comics, he like, goes... Like, they make him
1: look like the cold scientist, because, like, his daughter feels kind of, like, you know, turned away, like, in her childhood. And oh, something. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a cool run, this Avengers. It's, like, 57 through, I don't know, 670-something. So, while we're on the topic of the Avengers, and I wanted to mention this before when we were talking about WandaVision, the whole uh, white vision thing. Oh, yeah. So remember, we were actually reading up on this because it was all leading up to... It was right after we saw that end-credit scene or mid-credit scene off the episode before the finale with the white vision. So then we... Spect- s- did we ever find spe- out? If it- well, yeah, was it Spectral Vision? Spectral Vision. Yeah, so this name never comes up. I'm on the uh, Marvel database right now, so I just wanted to read this real quick because I thought this was interesting uh, for anyone you know that saw the last episode, like, what's up with this white vision character? So in the comics, it's actually an Avengers West Coast thing. Um, it says right here, so what happens? Rogue agents of the United States government abduct the Vision and dismantle him. Once the Avengers recovered his remains, Hank Pym rebuilt him the best that he could. However, Simon Williams, who is Wonder Man, uh, would not allow his brain Shout. patterns to be used again to provide a matrix for the Vision's emotions. Selfish. Yeah, so it is almost like he, quote unquote, ripped out his soul and had been done without oh. his consent. So that's why, Then and so it's cool how they used this storyline from the comics in that WandaVision episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that part of like the storyline is definitely going to come back around a lot, too. Where it will, yeah. You're going to see... I think Vision gets a soul back. And he
1: like gives him like those memories back in that one scene.
0: Yeah, he gets his memories back. I think we're going to get a regular Vision relatively soon. Yeah,
1: so we'll see how that goes. So you were going to talk about this um, Lucifer show.
0: My Yeah, my next show, dude. Lucifer. Shout out. It's on Fox. It's based off of the Sandman comics, which, if you haven't read, are super fucking good. And we're getting a Sandman movie coming super soon as well. Okay,
1: yeah, I've heard good things.
0: Um, But Sandman the comic is just, like, an ultra-trippy... Oh, that's the Neil Gaiman one, It's like Neil Gaiman, and it's about, like, the dream world, and it just kind of enters in and out of reality. There's not really superheroes in it, but it's a Vertigo book, so it's loosely based in the DC universe. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show Um, before. But, yeah, this character comes from there and is actually the devil of, like, that universe... The show isn't very true to the comic, but it is like a good enough lighthearted kind of police procedural type thing where they're just like character of the week and that or like crime of the week and then overarching story. But the actors crushing the show and is it still on? It's gotten saved like three times now. Oh, nice! Like the crowd funding for Dude, it. Dude, I love that, and that's why that's I, awesome. That's why I think makes me like it even more is that people just fuck with it super heavy, and the whole cast is just like on board with that.
1: At the same time, it's reasons like I really hope that they bring back My Venture Brothers because if shows, no offense to Lucifer, I, but if shows like that can like get a second chance off of the fan support, like there's no why, reason, yeah, we, why yeah. can't
0: you get Venture Brothers? I think it's
1: gonna happen, but nothing's set in stone yet. There's a lot of rumors.
0: What uh? you got anything else you were? Well, now we're
1: talking about the show. I that's a great segue. and uh, if you guys are into comic books and s- wanted to watch something that has like something to do with that universe, check out the Venture brothers because the whole thing revolves around um the whole concept of antagonists and protagonists to the point where there's like two separate agencies that assign you, you know, this is your pr- this is your antagonist. This is your villain. So like Dr. Venture is like a super scientist and is being arched by uh the monarch <laughs>
0: he's and, being arched by him
1: yeah he, he and they literally just comes and like terrorizes him and like makes his life a living hell basically how many uh, uh
0: how many seasons were there
1: seven seasons oh. it was on from 2003 until 2000. 2020 2019 was the last season came out I oh mean, shit it was on forever and they took it it was literally just two guys that wrote the entire show uh, and it is just littered with not only pop culture references, but a lot, a lot of comic book references.
0: Because that was early Adult Swim days when it was just soup I felt like it was just very, like, indie almost, and you had, like, a lot more unique stuff like that out there. It's
1: not one of the OG Adult Swim shows, but it's up there. So, like, it came out shortly after Aqua Teen and Space Ghost and Sea yeah. Lab, Home Movies. Oh, classics. Dude, the best, but... Um, yeah, I, I can't stress enough guys. If you like just, you know, like animated shows, I mean, if you're an adult swim fan, you haven't seen venture brothers, you gotta, and I like that
0: that it also just, yeah, plays off of all the comic book tropes and stuff that are so cliche now. And like things you're reading or movies that are coming out, it's cartoons are so much better at doing that than a lot of live action stuff. Cause any like super heavy parody in real life. Just comes off as like ultra obnoxious sometimes yeah and with a, it's cart- a comic
1: book yeah, or, a co- or a cartoon exactly yeah you can get away with more and i mean every single like of these superhero or supervillain type characters are based off an actual someone somewhat. that
0: you can clearly see the resemblance they
1: of. they do have the, the one hero on there his name's captain sunshine and they actually get he, he they get uh kevin conroy to do the voice really yeah so like he's he has he's nothing like batman he's very much like the opposite but he has like uh, you know, a young ward, a boy's sidekick—the um, classic. Yeah, who doesn't have one of those? Exactly. So my but, young ward. I mean, there's Doctor Orpheus is the guy that lives next door, and he's very much Doctor Strange character. Okay. There's Jefferson Twilight, who's like Blade. I mean, it just keeps going on and on and on. It's awesome, though. Uh, definitely check
0: it out. Um, yeah, I've the episodes I've seen, I've always loved. Yeah. So I definitely need to watch some more of that. Ep it up with my. I got hit three. Uh, go for I, it, dude! I zombie.
1: I out. zombie, what is that?
0: So I zombie was an image book um and the CW actually developed it into a show. It's about this girl who was a doctor, goes to a party, boom, gets bitten by a zombie, but she figures out if she just like eats brains pretty consistently that she just remains like fairly normal. She just has a uh, completely pale skin and like <laughs> almost pale like hair. So she gets a job at the morgue. Okay. Perfect (laughs) logic. As she's eating brains though, she realizes, dude, I'm getting the memories of these people.
1: Oh my god, this sounds
0: nuts. And she's kind of becoming, like, each episode, she kind of, her personality so is will- Is she
1: eating the, the corpse's brains because they're dead yeah, already? So yeah, so it'll be like a murder
0: victim. Yeah, yeah, they don't eat them, she, dead. And she cuts the head open, gets the brain, and then she's like, oh, I'm making, you know, a French toast <laughs> or something. She's not just eating brains plain. She's doing it, you know- She's
1: not a praying blamed. Brain, plain, plain brain Jane. Plain
0: brain Jane. <laughs> not her style. Um, but no, it's just a really good week-to-week episode, and her personality just mirrors...
1: I've who, never heard of this show or comic. It's,
0: it's funny. It's just like a good light show that if you're trying to watch something kind of in the background or that's just like not super heavy and you're not like, wow, I feel like horrible after this. Yeah. It's just like a good light watch. And well, I've definitely watched it. Uh I got hooked on it from Zach, and it was just like one of those things that, once you get into it, too, you're just like, yeah, I can lightly just keep this on in the background for the next like six days until you're like, huh, I guess I watched all eight seasons. Can't (laughs) believe that. Someone's like, what happened? You're like, I have no idea. (laughs) It's absolutely no clue. Well,
1: there you have it, guys. If uh, you're looking for some new shows to binge and
0: some new shows, new comics,
1: comic related, yeah, check check Um, any of those guys out.
0: And as always, go to patreon.com/slash/black/slash/backslash/backslash. backslash, bla- Black backslash. <laughs> let us try it one more time here. Keep that on there. Let people know I'm not perfect. <laughs> Patreon.com/backslash/threads and dreads.
1: Yeah, the new behind the scenes episode is up, uh, which was recorded after our newest episode of Be Better. And we try Katie's uh, juice cocktail. Oh, the ju- soda, pineapple, the, tequila.
0: The round two, it's coming. Yeah. um so definitely go check that out uh as always thank you to everyone listening check us out on spotify or podbean follow us on instagram at threads and dreads pod sean appreciate you bud love you having me we'll talk to you guys later